Daniel, did you wish happy birthday yesterday? Happy birthday to you, internet. Yesterday was the 50th <laughs> birthday of the internet. Yeah. So it's now, it's now 50 years and a day old. So Yeah. We missed it by a day. but we missed it by a day. 50 years ago yesterday, there was a log from UCLA's archives, and the data entry... Uh, the, the entry date was October 29th, and it makes note of the first host-to-host connection between UCLA and SRI. So, yeah. Happy it, birthday, Internet. Happy birthday, Internet. So what's really interesting about this little log is that it's really not fancy. It's not certified. It's not, like, you know, stamped and approved and put in a glass case. It's literally like a... a a blue blue line sheet of paper, sure, you know, that just sure. has some log entries on it. Good on whoever actually saved that. Oh, I know, right? I would yeah, throw that sure. stuff away. Oh, yeah, yes. that would have been trashed. <laughs> right? I mean, my notes get trashed like every six months. So let's just hope I don't come up with something yeah, incredible. Exactly. <laughs> All your amazing innovations. Yeah, right. No. I just need to sign everything before I throw <laughs> it away. But the, the use of packet switching as a technology to enable remote access for any reason was what was really paramount in this log entry. Uh, and it really set the infrastructure of the internet that we don't see much as end users, but that really defines exactly the kinds of limitations that we have when we're on the internet and how we use the internet. So everything from how the internet uses names, to addresses, to applications, to the institutional details of the internet, right. were all defined by this very small and simple step uh, connecting host to host between UCLA and SRI in 1969. Mm-hmm. So we never really could have foreseen where the internet took us. Now we're going to try to look back and look ahead at the same time. So once again, I'd like to introduce Jerry Mecca. He's the principal at the EKG Group and former VP of IT at Keurig Dr. Pepper. He's also the host of Market Scales, the Mecca Minute. Jerry, it's great to have you hey, in the studio hey. for this. Good morning. So how do you first remember using the internet? So it goes back, um, you know, the... Um, my sister started a, a little distribution company called uh, Ingram Micro back in the late 70s, and uh, it, it was her. She she was talking to me about something. I swear she called it roulette. Yeah. And it was it was a bunch of hosts at universities that were already tied together, mm-hmm. and you were just surfing. And I think it's really when those terms were really first right. coined where you would spin the roulette wheel, and wherever it took you might be a place that you'd like to – read up on whatever content that was and and often it was searchable right but it really was just a crapshoot yeah it was like wow look at this limitless and at that point the idea of limitless you had you had no idea how much more limitless it would get oh, right sure, like for sure. yeah let's like look there's a limitless amount of information out there let's just spin the wheel and, and see what we're going to learn today and, and, and it was all plain text for sure, and sure and figuring <laughs> out what you do with it at all at right. that point was it was always about research right so what was the technology that, at least you remember, really enabled those early days of the internet that back then felt like, wow, this is the technology of the future. This is edge technology. Yeah. yeah. So, so all of us that were in technology had a, a a need to use a way to get people drivers for your your car, your inter, your network, your computer, some, and we were all using bulletin boards. Yeah. Which were <laughs> dial up. Heck, 75 baud, 150 baud, Prodigy, uh, uh, CompuServe. And uh, at some point, I think 19.2 probably finally made it possible for your connections to be more 
multimedia and rich. Mm. And that's what I think really did it for me. And I'm, that's got to be, I'm drawing a blank on the years, but 95? Is yeah. that right? 96? Yeah, I mean, definitely the, that's like 20, you know, the early commercial years. days right. of the internet were the yeah. 90s for yeah. sure. Uh, but I don't remember the exact date. Um, <laughs> I, was, I, I, I was, was born in 95. I was so. going to say, I was a little <laughs> older. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, well, I just dated myself hardcore here <laughs> on air. So it's difficult to predict where the internet's going to take us in 50 years because if we look to history, it was impossible to predict where the internet was going to take us 50 years ago. So... Now that we're attempting to look 50 years ahead, people are speaking to edge technologies like 5G, uh, like complete integration of IoT in our day-to-day, in our B2B, in our corporate, and in our personal consumer day-to-day. Mm-hmm. Right. Do you think there's any way to predict what the internet could become for us in 50 years? Like, can, can we really even visualize it? Is there a way to connect the dots? So I'm not a futurist, but I yeah. will... I can play one on TV. No, yes. kidding. Uh, <laughs> but I think it's going to be very difficult. And, and if you just look at things like Moore's Law and how fast computers are and, and all the other things we've talked about in, in, you know, on the podcast with you know, the speed of computers, what making things happen so fast. But even in, in Dr. Pepper, we, we had to pull data into a place and then massage it a little bit and then send it to another place and massage it a little bit more. And now all of those things should be done in memory right now. So you don't have to worry about something being compiled or built. It's real time and ready. Similarly, I think we're going to see that happen to the point where maybe we don't. It's not even the internet anymore. In fifty years, it's going to be called life. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> right. Just, like we've talked to, it's it's electric. It's water. It's 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 a utility. It's just there. We count on it, and it's a a way stuff moves around. Well, I really hope we get to that point. I really hope we see the complete democratization of information technology. Um, Because I think right now, even if we don't really think about it this way, the internet and access to the internet is still, uh, still has a barrier. It still has a cost barrier, price barrier. Um, You know, it has a a social stratosphere barrier. There are whole swaths of people in the United States alone that not only don't have a computer, but don't even have access to internet in their community. There is no high-speed internet at all. Infrastructure is not there. Mm-hmm. So hard to imagine. Exactly, it's hard to imagine, but it's it's totally true, and it it definitely encourages me when I speak about the internet and the future of the internet to always loop it back around to okay, as we talk about the edge technology, the five Gs and the IOTs, how can we also be talking about the simpler, maybe not as sexy topics of funding infrastructure for the whole United States to have high-speed broadband or, uh, you know, expanding how we reach people with information technology and how we talk about the value of information technology in our day-to-day. I mean, I can't consider what my life would be like if I didn't have my phone, if I didn't have access to the internet and consuming information. I I would feel lost, which is weird to admit, I guess, but Mm. that's just true. It's how I feel. And I think a lot of people feel that way too. They love and crave the info. But 50 years ago, I didn't feel lost about any of that. But to your, to your point, um, now that we know what we don't know, and of course, if you're (laughs) someplace where you can't even get what you don't know, uh, they're feeling that right now. The, the, uh, it's great. It's a great question. Um, and I totally agree with this 
democratization mm. concept. I, I think Amazon and IBM and Google and Microsoft have built these massive infrastructures out there to deliver us the cloud, all under the pretense that they would sell it back to us at a right. reasonable rate. But I think in that same, those same folks are very philanthropic. They, they, they're, they're givers. I think they're going to see the sense in, in continuing to build out these kind of infrastructures, even if it doesn't have a bank at the end of it. Uh, some someone has to pay for it, no doubt about it. Definitely, absolutely. I guess one of the things that I am interested about is the amount that we share on the internet these days, and how comfortable we've become with just giving information away. And yeah. and, and you you've mentioned that you have kids. Yep. You know, yep. your kids just have grown up as digital natives and are just totally cool with. Oh, I'm just going to plug in information here, and that's just how life is nowadays. <sighs> How concerned does that make you as somebody that, that has worked in IT and knows a lot about what's going on in the internet? Well, we, so there's so much out there, whether it's the Snowden or, or any of the other uh, big breaches. Right. But, um, yeah, I, I mentioned before that you know, somehow or another my kid's identity was stolen, and I don't even know how that happens. And <laughs> it certainly wasn't because we published a bunch of information, and I don't even think they know information that they would put out there uh, they don't work so th but they have social security cards because we got them the day they were born sure <laughs> you right. know and yeah. and somehow know that that got out there um i i do think and i mentioned this before i'd i'd love to find a way to have my personal data uh be that thing that pays for anybody to be able to have access to the internet. Some micro percentage of every transaction that's done using my data to advantage some commercial company goes to a bank for the best of, for the rest of us. Or to me personally, what, what, which would be great, but the reality is is we're giving our data away every day and our kids, man, I don't think they ever read what's underneath the or over the accept. I've never Button. read the, the the full iTunes agreement. Or, you Terms know. of conditions. Yeah. yeah. Well, I've done some of them, and you know, <laughs> uh, mostly writing or doing agreements at the corporate level with Microsoft on Office 365. Sure. I, I, sure. I feel I owe that to my business to understand those things. But to your point, I download apps on my phone. I have the State Farm thing that's tracking our vehicles to give me a discount. Right. You know, sorry, giving State Farm a plug here, but you know, it 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 is. You just signed up for it, and what are they doing with that data? And now, of course, they're watching me drive, and they're predicting my likelihood of having an accident, which is going to make actuaries happy because they're going to be able to turn around and say, your insurance needs to go up, Mecca, because you're driving too darn Right, right, right. right. I mean, yeah, it's, uh, you know, I, I wish I remember the Ed Snowden quote that he said recently, but it stuck with me. It was like, we live in a society where it's, uh, like, uh, we have completely given up uh, like our online freedom for the sake of convenience or something mm -hmm. something to that right. extent and it's true i mean no matter what you're logging into there is a terms of conditions that you are not reading that allows for your data to be sold or allows for your information to be put in a database and used for targeted advertising or whatever it might be and for good and and for good right it's not all scary dystopian 1984 george orwell <laughs> exactly. but you know it does I, I think it's out of sight out of mind for a lot of people until it's cambridge analytica That's basically right. That's exactly and right. and so i I think that as we talk about the democratization of the internet, I think it's also important to keep the conversation focused on, we need to make sure the, these companies um, use our data wisely and uh, in a moral way, because I 
honestly, maybe this is just cynical, but I do not think we're going to be able to get everyone to think about their time on the internet in a totally, like, focused manner where no. they understand, okay, I'm on this site, so they are going to be able to use my data for this information. And here, like, people just don't want to think about the internet that way. It's too much effort, too much time. I mean, I don't think about the internet that way, and I'm I, this is what I'm talking about right now. So I, I used to think, oh, it's going to be really interesting to see what it's like when our generation is older, or my generation is older, whatever, and we get to the point where you know I'm my grandparents' age, and I look and I look at my grandparents, and I'm like, oh my gosh, like you guys didn't grow up with this stuff that I've grown up with. But then I realize that things have moved so fast that there are already things that I don't understand. Like, I don't understand Snapchat. I'm not going to get it. <laughs> but, like, there, there are a number of other things, like internet, computer When we're done, I'll help you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> thank you, Thanks, Jerry. Jerry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, I've always thought, oh, I'll just always stay up with things. But things move so fast nowadays that 50 years from now, it's just hard to fathom where we're going to be. It is. I can remember as a kid going door to door for Boy Scouts trying to sell stuff. And mm-hmm. they still had on the button you'd push, this is a totally electrified home <laughs> like that was novel right yeah okay and, 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 yeah exactly oh yeah, right. yeah and that was 50 years ago <laughs> and now we're talking about smart homes yeah you know exactly everything being connected so it, it's a wild wild time well jerry thank you so much no for problem. coming into studio today it's been a blast getting a chance to chat with you and, always uh, enjoy it talk internet talk a little sports as well oh Happen yeah to be in the area <laughs> oh hey we yeah. uh on one of your mecca minutes we mentioned a peanut butter drive give us yes. an update on what what happened there so uh the number I don't have exactly, but somewhere north of 175,000 pounds and not wow. quite 200,000. I know the target was 100,000. So Dallas, or should I say Collin County, stepped up boom, and uh, really did a great job. And uh, I'm sure now that we blew out the 100,000, they're probably going to ask for a quarter million pounds next <laughs> year or a, a billion pounds. But um kidding with that. Let's hope not. Uh, but it does help. And, and, and all of the food pantries need peanut butter it just it's an odd staple but it's rich in protein has what kids need Mm -hmm. and in some cases in a pinch if that's all they got they got something this was a snippet from business casual with daniel litwin and tyler kern your b2b morning radio show tune in wednesdays and fridays at 9 a.m central on the simple radio app or marketscale.com slash industries You're listening to MarketScale, the leader in B2B content creation.